0: If you share the gospel of Jesus Christ with you, I want you to turn over there to Matthew chapter six, verses nine through thirteen. We're going to continue on prayer uh, this this service as we prayed last week and taught on uh, spiritual warfare. And, uh, we had a great prayer meeting this last Tuesday, powerful prayer meeting Tuesday night here. Breakthrough prayer meeting is beautiful. Yeah. Tuesday, Tuesday night, and uh, God was just met with us, and it was Amen. really great. And uh, just want to thank those that were able to make it. Uh, wasn't a whole big group, but it was enough. Where two or three are gathered in His name, He is in the midst of them. Amen. 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 Matthew, chapters six, verses. 9 through 13, and uh, there's a graphic that I put up there, just pray. I, I just I love this graphic, it just states in bold letters, pray. And uh, our nation, where we live, really needs to pray. There's so much sin in our nation, so much lack of repentance, that we're really not seeing the move of God that we should, and the importance of it. And God touching lives and helping lives and changing lives, and bringing people into a personal revival in their own life, which would bring a revival corporately throughout this nation. And we need revival in this nation. we We need to see repentance again at the altars of God. and we need to understand that sin needs to be repented of and to be forgiven. And we come to a place sometimes where we look at sin as though it really uh, doesn't matter. You know, God will forgive me. Well, see, there's no repentance in that kind of statement, you know. It doesn't matter, God will forgive me. There's no remorse. Godly sorrow, it brings life. But worldly sorrow brings death. And we have to understand the depths and the riches of what Jesus Christ did for us. On Calvary's cross and then on the third day raising from a tomb, alive forevermore, in the bodily resurrection. And he walked amongst his disciples for 40 days. Then he was ascended up into heaven. And the angel said, don't worry, and I'm paraphrasing here, don't worry, he'll be back the same way he left. Mm-hmm. And then 50 day, and the 50th day after his resurrection, in the day of Pentecost, The Holy Spirit came and the church was birthed. And the church has just been growing and growing and doing and doing and doing all that time. And, you know, I've done a lot of study and we've a lot of books. And sometimes you see like there's a, a wave or a quietness and the church is not doing anything and it almost seems to be asleep. But through the whole period of time, all the, all the time, to this, po- to this point, from the birthing of the church... To this point, the Holy Spirit is constantly on the scene. Constantly there. God's love is constantly there. Jesus' forgiveness and our, our ability to be forgiven as the Spirit draws us to go and to enter into the presence of God and ask for forgiveness, that's been there. But humanity has been quiet at times. Silent or laid back. Let's just put it in modern day terms, kind of laid back, you know, keeping it cool, whatever. But if, if we continue in the path that we're doing, there are a lot of people that are not making their commitment to God through of heart. And they're not learning to pray. To communicate with a God that can take care of everything. I don't know anybody in this room, anybody outside this room. I know a lot of people in this nation. I know a lot of people in this world, and I've preached across this world. I'm telling you that I've never met anybody that can do what Jesus can do. Amen. I know some important people, you know, but they can't do what Jesus can do. I know some not pretty... I know some people that aren't important. Amen. Like myself. I know myself. <laughs> I'm not important. I'm just saying that Jesus can forgive us. And he'll listen to our prayers. And when the, his disciples, those 12 guys who were just a mishap of humanity, <laughs> a mess, I would have probably been there. You know, just a mess. You know, just a bunch of guys just hanging out and driving Jesus crazy. And I, I really, I believe that's why he prayed all night. Because they drove him crazy all day long. You know. Amen. But, you know, they, they asked him about prayer and he, in, in Matthew there. And he kind of told them, he said, you know, the Pharisees and, you know, the whole group of those people, they go around praying with, with everybody wanting them to see them pray. Mm. You know, look at me. I pray. I know how to pray. I can say some really great prayers and you know, look at me. I'm listen. I'm praying now. Everybody, stop in the, on, on the highways and byways. I'm praying. You know, like but he said, when you pray, this is how you pray. This is how I want you to pray. He literally says, therefore, pray in this manner. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. You know, God's got several divine names: Elohim, Jehovah, Rapha, our healer. Jehovah Shalom, our peace. There's so many things that he is to us by his name. He's incredible. He's our banner. He's our joy. He's our peace. He's the Jehovah Shalom. Jehovah Jireh, he's our provider. You know, when Moses was up there, I mean a, a, a Jacob was up there taking his, his son up there. Isaac, excuse me, when he's taken up there to the I told you I was tired today, Isaac up there I'll get the name right in a moment. Isaac was up there and, and literally and, and they were there and Jacob was about to do some stuff. God provided a lamb.. Abraham. Yeah, thanks. thank you, and forgive me. I'll get the name right. I woke up this morning, and I looked in the mirror, and I said, what's your name? And I kept on waiting for somebody to talk back, and they didn't, so I kind of of remembered, and I asked my wife, what's my name? And she said, you're Dennis. I said, okay, thank you. But Abraham, when he was about to slay his boy, Isaac, God provided something that shouldn't have been there. A ram in the thicket. Right there in the thicket. And and he, he said, God my provider. God's our provider. Wherever we're at, he's always there for us. And Jesus is wanting us to know that we should look up at the glory and we should look in our hearts and we should look wherever we're praying and say, hallowed be your name. Holy is your name. God's not some movie star out of Hollywood that just got three uh, Oscars and, you know, five Emmys and all the other stuff. He's the creator of the heavens and earth. He spoke it into existence and he drew us out of the dust of the earth and created us, and, and and breathed life into us. And we have an opportunity to pray to him, and speak to him, and ask him about things. And it goes on and says, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We want his kingdom to come. We want God's kingdom to come, and it's going to come. God's kingdom will one day come. And it's going to be powerful. We just see a little, we see a a glimpse of it when we read about Jesus Christ and what he did. Just a glimpse. And God has promised us that know him as Savior. And I want to say to you today, I'm going to jump in you know i want to you today if you don't know the lord as your savior he wants to forgive you of all your sin and he wants to set you in heavenly places and he wants to strengthen your life and have that ability that you will be able to be part of the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of god that's powerful that's really great that's something that we should cherish every day you're You know, Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. He wants to make sure we're taken care of every day. He wants to make sure that our needs are taken care of every day. He wants to make sure that the things that we desire in our heart will be given to us every day. He doesn't want us to be without. He wants us to be plentiful. He wants us to be full. He wants us to be uh, understanding that he can take care of our every need. I mean, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Amen. And that's what he wants in our life, but this world sometimes wants to make us feel that it has all the answers for us. It has all the provisions for us. It has everything we need. Let me tell you something. The world does not have what we need. God has what we need. And what we need is Jesus. And what Jesus said we can have is him. And we get the Holy Ghost along with it. And we got this great relationship going. And what this world needs is L-O-V-E, love. God's love. God's mercy. His grace. His unmerited favor. His mercy endures forever. We were in his mind when he was on the cross. He looked down the road and he saw the outpost. He said, I'm willing to die for those folks on Calvary's cross that they would be saved. There's one criteria they got to ask for forgiveness of sin. Because all the sin that they have done has been laid upon me on the cross of the whole world. Of the past and the now and in the future has been laid upon me. And I died for that. And now I'm alive for that. I don't want to be alive in their heart. I want to be alive amongst them. I want to be with them. And forgive us our debts or trespasses as we forgive our debtors or trespasses. You know what? We want to we understand something here. It's up to us to ask for forgiveness. But it's also up to us to forgive. There's power in forgiveness. And I'm telling you, you can't go for a week in this world without somebody saying something that offends you. Can I say this? Can I just be... I'm waking up now, so I'm going to be all right now. I'm going to get my names right now. I'm getting alive here. It's not the coffee, uh, coffee that's just kick, kicking in. It's the Holy Ghost. I, what I'm trying to tell you is that sometimes we have to forgive because there is power in forgiveness. There is power in it. If you forgive someone, there is a power that You release yourself from being upset... And being angry and being unforgiving to a place of peace and joy, and then you release them from the prison that you kept them in because you had been angry with them. Well, Pastor, I had a right to be angry with them. You probably did. But you don't have a right to not forgive them, to say, you know, I really forgive them. People can be mean. Raise your hand if you believe that. People can be mean. This world can be mean. And what we have to do is be nice. Being Christians, we should be nice. Hi, how are you doing? You look great today. You look good today. I like your hat. looks good. Amen. Everybody looks great today. I like your glasses. You know, I love that modern look. And it's good to see you. Amen. It's good to see everybody here. Praise God. I'm not just being nice. I mean it from my heart. We need to be kind and nice. And full of God's joy that other people can see it. But if we're burdened with unforgiveness, our countenance begins to change. And we don't look happy. We don't look like we care. We don't look good. We want to look good for God. We want to act good for God. We want to be able to do something for God that's important. He's given us a task, and that is to tell this world about him. Not only in word, but in action. How we treat each other and what we say to one another and and, and, and greet one another. It's not like you see somebody and in your mind you go, oh, they're here. And then you say to them, glad to see you. We should be in our hearts, I'm so glad to see you. And speak it out, I am so glad to see you. Amen. You know, we don't want to be this big word here. It's a big word, even though it doesn't have a lot of syllables in it. It's a big word, hypocrite. We don't want to be somebody that says something and doesn't really mean it. This is what he was saying about how these Pharisees were praying. They didn't really mean what they were praying. They were wanting attention. Look at me. I'm about to pray. Everybody stop right now. I am going to pray. There was no power in their prayers. And he gives this prayer. And lead us not into temptation. God doesn't tempt us. God tempts no one. So somebody said to me one day, you know, man, I'm really not tempted. I know the Lord tempted me and that's why I fell. I said, are you kidding me? Don't blame God. We want to blame God for everything. We want to blame God for Africa's problem. We want to blame uh, blame God for poverty in America. We want to blame God for, for uh, politics. We want to blame God for everything. God's not to blame. God is the helper. God is the healer. God is the fulfiller. God is the greatness. God is everything. He's the mercy and the grace that we have. We don't blame God. We praise God. And we pray to God. And we thank God for all things. Amen. Somebody said to me one day, you know, if God was real, he wouldn't just go to Africa and feed everybody. Doesn't make God real. He would just go to San Francisco and clean up San Francisco just by the swoop of his hand or the breath of his nostrils. Just clean it up. If God was real, he would take racism and erase it out of everybody's mind. If God was real, he would just take care of poverty and it'd be over with. God is real. Listen, I got to sit for a minute. little tired, we're the ones that make the mistakes, (laughs) we're the ones that say things that is really ignorant, we're the ones that looks at somebody and says, I don't like them because they're white, I don't like them because they're black, Black." I I don't even like Asian people, (laughs) I don't even like anybody until you get to the mirror and then you go, here I am, (laughs) I sure do like me, I'm great. I'm looking good today, with or without my glasses. I'm looking good. We get all this done, but you know, we're to love one another. Look around the room here. Yes. That's what prayer does for you. When you you got Jesus in your heart, and you pray. You look around the room. You just love <laughs> you don't look at each other and say there's error. Now, if you want to look at error, look at me. Okay. Look. I mean, I can make more mistakes in a day than. To do. You know, normally if I'm this tired, I should ask somebody else to come in and speak. And then I could have been sitting down there with you guys, sitting there comfortable with your foot up in there and your hands like that and everything else going, yeah, I like this, yeah. And if you haven't said that, I know you don't really do like it. But I'm saying to you that we make errors. But God takes what we call an error, which is a sin, and, and literally says, I'm going to forgive you. Because I see the blood of my son, Jesus Christ, on you. The redeeming blood of Jesus Christ on you. I'm not going to put a band-aid on your wound of sin. I am going to heal that wound of sin. And you are going to be free. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And where there is liberty, it is the spirit of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm going to sense the presence of God. So I'm not going to blame God. I don't want to get caught up in temptation, but what I want to do is I want to be delivered from evil. I want to say something here today. I'm not giving any accolades to the enemy of our soul. But I want you to know he wasn't always the enemy. He was the worship leader in heaven. God created Lucifer. He was the worship leader. Now I want you to think about it. You've got to get this fastest in your mind. Okay, You have to understand. He led the choir in heaven. He was there when God was creating the heavens and the earth. He called the choir practice in heaven. Well, if you read Isaiah 6, where he saw the angels that there, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, his train fills the temple. Lucifer was leading the choir. <laughs> holy, 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 holy. He was doing that. Then he got an ego head, man. He got a big ego. God. And God said, nah. He took him, I, you know, I'm just kind of having fun with this. He said, you know what? He said, come on over. Come on over here, Lucifer. I want to show you a window down there. Remember, remember that I created down there, that, that beautiful garden of and everything? Remember when I saw that? He said, look. I want you to see that. Yeah, let me see the old movies, man, the old, like, Godfather movies and stuff like that. They take the guy over to the, hey, look, and all of a sudden he's showing you, you know, and that would be it for the guy over to the cliff. I believe God just threw him out of heaven and anybody that wanted to follow him. And he became the enemy of our soul. I'm just drawing a picture here. That's all I am. I'm not saying that that's how it happened. But I will say that Jesus saw Satan fall and the angels. He saw it himself like lightning hitting the earth. And Satan got uptight. So he said, I'm going to attack his creation. I'm going to manipulate his creation. Job. He had to get permission from God. To bug Job. God said, Do anything you want, just don't kill him. And Job lost everything. And even though he lost everything, he kept his mind in the sense that who God was, and he said, In the last day, I shall see him place his feet on this earth, my eyes shall see the Lord. Because he knew that God was God. We have to wake up in our nation. We have to wake up in our churches. We have to wake up in our relationship. God is God. We can't do anything about it. So we might as well embrace it. And understand that he is God in our life. He's the King of kings and the Lord of glory. He is mighty to be praised. He is holy. And he will deliver us from evil. He'll set us free. I mean, what's going on in your head today? What's going on in your life today? What kind of s- stuff do you got going on where you think you've got to do to make you feel better through the week? God can deliver you from all that stuff because that stuff is, is evil. Amen. But you get in your mind thinking, "Ah, oh, that stuff's good, it's okay. It's not. Oh, he's getting close to me now. He's tired. He doesn't mean that. No, I'm telling you, God can deliver you anything and everything. Praise God. Praise God. If you got something going in your arm, you're slapping your arm like this, you got a rubber band tied or a belt tied around here, and you're slapping your arm like that, and you got something in your arm, and all of a sudden you loosen that as well. the back you put the needle in, and all of a sudden that happens. Or you're doing something else where <clears throat> you loosen it, and you start pumping it in and out and pumping it in and out. Maybe you got something going up your nose. Maybe you got something going down your mouth. Whatever it is, whatever what's happening in your life that has contained you and God has been pushed to the sky and has contained you. And what you are doing is not what God wants you to do, but you figure it's okay to do. I'm here to tell you today God can and will deliver you. Sets you free. From chemicals, from sexual sins, from pornography, from anger, from hate. There's a list. And he can set you free. Set you free. Silas and Paul were in that jail and they were strapped to a wall in a cistern jail. And they began to praise God instead of complaining about it. They began to praise God and God set them free. And because of their freedom, others got free. See, our freedom, God wants to use to make others free. You know, we're not little kids that all of a sudden got something really great and we don't want to share it. We don't want to hide our best gift when our friends come over. We'll let them have, play with this. We'll let them play with that. But they're not playing with this gift because that's my best gift. No, share your best gift. Share Jesus Christ. Share his love. Share his power. Share his mercy. Share that grace that he gives us. For yours. now well, he gives us something. For yours is the kingdom. Put your name there. Put your name there. For yours, Ken is the kingdom. For yours, Bill is the kingdom. For yours, Chuck is the is the kingdom. For yours, Eric is the kingdom. For yours, Robert is the kingdom. For yours, Juan is the kingdom. For yours, Tony is the kingdom. For yours, Tony is the kingdom. For yours. Mark, right? Adam, Adam is the king. Great name, by the way. You no. Know, and everything. And, and for yours. Huh? It's yours. It's yours. Then it you and then Jesus paid for it. I may shout happy here in a minute, but Jesus paid for it. because he gave it to us because of what Jesus did. And also we receive the power and the glory forever and ever. But we we turn that right around because we're saying it really to God. For yours is the kingdom. You know, I love it when somebody comes up to a guest speaker or a preacher and they go, Tell me I'm doing a good job. <laughs> no, go ahead. Tell me hey, I'm doing, you're doing a good job. Man, I know I can bring brother. <laughs> I'm on it. I'm there today. Man. I'm feeling <laughs> hot with yeah. it. You hear that steam <laughs> coming up? I'm there, man. You know, I've been taught by the best. Praise God. Go ahead and tell me again. i like that. Say it one more time. You're doing great. Whoa! Praise God. Oh, I'm telling, do, you, do you see the steam of just... Man, I'm telling you, I'm feeling good. Thank you. Don't listen to people like that. You tell somebody they're doing good, they're supposed to say thank you. Because you don't want to insult the person. You see how that goes? You don't want to insult the person. But it's God who does everything. It's God who gets the glory, the praise, the honor. The book of Revelation has a a statement in there and it says, All praise and honor unto the one who sits upon the throne forever and ever and ever. Jesus is sitting upon that throne. We have that. We have that gift. We have those things. So let me take you really quick what you can relate to to your own life right now. What can prayer do for you? What can it do for you? Just individually. Number one, prayer can illuminate your understanding of God's word. Pray before you read the word. Take a moment and say, God, show me something. What are you speaking in my life today? It can illuminate your mind to understand what God's word is saying. I mean, that's why we have Bible study, right? Study groups, right? We get together and we talk about what God's word means. And we should pray before we have Bible study. We should pray. And sometimes I've been in Bible groups before. When we began to pray, we never stopped praying. (laughs) Because the Lord just took over and it just became a prayer meeting. But pray and then begin to speak and understand what God's word. Because prayer is the foundation of understanding. Prayer can bring understanding to your walk with the Lord. So in other words, well, sometimes when you're walking with the Lord, you may say this, and I've said this, why is the Lord leading me here? Why is my steps going this direction when my mind is going that direction? Because the Bible says your steps are ordered by the Lord. That His word is a light to our feet and a light to our path. Because he leads us down the path of righteousness for his name's sake. He blesses us. He's constantly showing us where to go. Prayer can bring understanding, prayer can manifest courage in the hour of need. I don't know, maybe, have any you ever been afraid or had something that you needed to face a couple days later, like freaking out about it? You're calling everybody? You know how I said that. You call people to answer. And they, 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 you're asking them. Man, I was going through something, something in my life sometimes. It was really bad, really bad. I was sitting in a dark room in a dark basement, sitting in a dark place, and my mind was a dark place. I was really bummed out. I was so bummed out that I asked God to kill me. Prayer of Elijah, kill, kill me because like, I'm like my father's. Get rid of me. And I felt the Holy Spirit tell me, call this friend of mine in Texas. He's got a word for you. So I called him, the number I called, it was, it was his daughter's house. He said, How did you get this number, Dennis? I said, I don't know. This is the number I had on my phone. So praise God, you answered. How are you doing? He says, how are you doing? I said, I'm not doing good. And that's not the answer I normally get. Normally when people ask me how I'm doing. I'm, like, I'm doing great. Praise God, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling bad. Yes. I said, the Holy Spirit says you have a word for me. I'm going through a bad time. You know what he said to me? He's such a good friend. You know what he said? I don't have a word for you. Uh, I don't have a word for you. Well, he said, Pastor you said the Holy Spirit. I think I was so bummed out, I was grasping for somebody that word. And that His name came across my mind. Sometimes our mind tricks us. I don't have a word for you. He said, read this book, Tabernacle Choir by Jim Sapalich. Go ahead and read that book. And You know, and I hung up the phone. In my mind, I said, Thanks! I won't mention his name. He's very well known. I won't Thanks. I've read that book many times. And there's nothing in it that's going to help me now. But God started to give me courage as the days went forward because I continued in in a spirit of prayer and trying to get close to God and understand I need to get out from underneath this darkness. Raise your hand if you've ever been in a spirit of darkness. Sometimes the only way you're getting out is prayer. Even when you don't feel like it, sit down and just sit before the Lord. Because I've learned something in prayer all my years of praying. Be with me, will you? It's just sometimes sitting there. In his presence is cleansing. Sometimes just listening the way the, what he may say is cleansing. Now, let me give you a picture in your mind so you can grab this. How many have grandkids or have, you have kids or whatever? You had a, you had children somehow or another. And that little baby comes crying up and crying and crying and crying and crying crying and crying, and you're trying, and you're going, shh, shh, it's going to be alright, shh, but it seems the baby doesn't hear what you're saying, because all they want to do is cry in your face. You love them, and then sometimes people, I've seen these people, go, here, you take care of this, because that's not working for me. But God, but God, but God, who's rich in mercy, wants to talk to us. And we just have to be patient to hear his voice. Let me tell you, God's always in your presence. He's always there. Even when you are doing something sinful, God is there. He's there. He's there. He knows everything. Have you ever had a friend say to you, I know, I know, every time we talk to them, you go, I know, I know, and you're thinking in your mind, you don't know. I know. And you want to say back, I know something, I know you don't know. (laughs) But God knows everything about us. He knows every thought and every intent of our heart. Hebrews 4 and 12, he knows that because the word is alive and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword to the discernment of the spirit and soul and the splitting the bones and the marrow he knows everything so we have to understand that when you, when you, you get time, you, you want to sit with God he, he'll give you the courage in that time of need and help you Fourth, prayer can instill wisdom in your decisions. I have seen so many people make a bad decision and I say to them, did you pray? And they say, no, I was—I had to make a decision too quick. Never make a decision too quick. Decisions too quick can cause you to lose your home, can cause you to lose your job, can ca- cause you to lose your wife, your husband, can cause you to do something that's going to affect you for many years Prayer can instill wisdom. Man's wisdom is only here. God's wisdom is way up here. Way up here. Are you with me? It's there. And again, don't show your hand. I'll just raise mine. If you ever made a bad decision, raise your hand. I've made decisions that have cost me months of struggle. Because we didn't take time to pray. I thought I did, but I didn't. I prayed and I thought, okay, he heard me. I'll do it. But I didn't wait for the answer. Prayer is a two-way conversation. Praise is is your way. You're talking to God here. You're praising Him. The songs that we sung this morning, praise songs, you are speaking the words before God. Prayer is where you and God get together, and, and it's literally like you walk in and you say, Let's talk. But we don't get. Prayer can bring depth in your communication with the Lord. You know, you can go deep with God. You can tell Him everything; He already knows everything. You can go deep with the Lord, and he, you can have Him bless your life. And He can take it so deep that you just stand there, or sit there, or kneel there, or lie there, or walk there, or go to the wall, and you just pray at a wall, and your breath is there for all the times you pray. Whatever. But God has something to say to you that will build your communion with him. God's not like your friend that you go to and you try to talk to him and then finally after about several times talking to him you walk away and say, i am never to talk to him again. Am I making any sense to you this morning? God wants to speak with you. God wants to bless you. God wants to encourage you. God wants to bring good things into your life. Six, God can build, strengthen your faith in the Lord. I'll tell you, when your faith gets weak, pray. Pray. When things aren't going like you thought they were going, like you thought the God told you he was going to do and what's going to happen, but you don't have the patience to wait, pray. 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 Prayer can develop your plans for living a Christian life. In other words, prayer can help you live a life that is really a Christian life, not the one you designed. Mm. The one we design is really easy. I'm going we'll to go to church on Sunday. I love you, Lord, with all my heart. You're so beautiful. Yeah. Hi, ah, good to see you in church. This good to see you in church today. Good to see you. Nice to meet you, Adam. Nice to meet you. Oh, my God. Martin Ferris. I've heard about you. You are so popular all over San Francisco. Wow. Good to see you guys. now we guy. got to get together for lunch. I'm telling you. dealer is. I walk right by him and I taught him just the way I put something in my hand I'm going his and some of his shit,
1: you know, like that. Or I'm going to get together with one of the
0: other guys and ladies in the church and I'm, I'm going to talk about everybody. Man, the pastor was tired this morning, wasn't he? Preaching along this morning. Getting too loud, getting too happy, oh my Lord. I just wish he'd stand there like that and just say, God is good. And he loves all of you. And I love you. And no conviction. Just continue what you want to do. Just I'm glad you stopped by. Did you pay your tithe? (laughs) But look, in reality, sometimes we leave church even though we've heard something and we leave it at the front door and we go out and do our own thing. Are you with me? Yeah. And we... God wants us to pray so we can develop our Christianity better. The Bible says that He walks with us. He walks with us. He lives within us. We're the temple of the Holy Spirit. No, you're not. You're You're the temple of the Holy Spirit. You've been bought with a price. The Bible says come out from amongst them. Don't hang out with them folks in a dark corner. No, 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 because I know you're not strong enough. You're not strong enough. You've got to be strong. You can't be an alcoholic and go into the bar and watch the football game unless someone sewed your lips together, put sunglasses on that you can't really see and they're telling you what the game's doing, and, and somehow or another you're not smelling what, what's around that bar, that whiskey, that, all that, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Sometimes you don't go visit your friends at are shooting heroin. You know, heroin has a certain smell. And it smells good. But it's evil. I don't know if I know what it feels like. I've done it. I've done it many times. I know what it smells like when you see it. I know what it cooks like when you cook it. I know what it feels like when it goes in. And I know what happens after a while. It doesn't get you high. It just gets you from not being sick. (coughs) Are you with me? That wasn't God's plan for my life. God's plan was to have a beautiful woman back there. Because when I was here, when that actually came into my life, and I had to make a choice, can Bill? Oh, you guys, listen, I had to make a choice between her and the needle. I had to make a choice, do I choose her or do I choose her? And my God, I had some sense left. Some little sense in there said, choose her, foolish man. And I put it down and I got free. And I've been free for 48 years. 48 years, man. You know my big weakness was? I never said. I'm going to tell you now so you get to know them. My bigger weakness was pills. I love pills. <laughs> when I go to a doctor and he assigns me pills, I don't take them. Do I want to take them? Yeah. But I know if I start taking them, I'm going back to the doctor here. I'm going to ask for a year's prescription. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, when I, when I, when I was on pills, when a good friend of mine died, and I understand I'm helping you. Am I helping anybody here? Amen. Thank you. One person. Amen. But let me tell you, and that one is good enough for me. A good friend of mine passed away. Crazy George. My prayer is, when I met him, he lived in the streets. My prayer was this, that God, did, he would give, he'd give his heart to you. He'd live inside, and he'd have a mouth full of teeth. Well, he died at the hotel reservoir, and I got a phone call from the Watsonville police to come on down. I walked into his room, and there he was. He was living inside. He had teeth in his mouth, and he, his eyes were still open, and he had a look on his face that he saw something that could not be of this earth. I, I was going to take a picture of it, but this, I didn't, I thought that would be crazy of I me mean, to do that, to show people he saw something that we've never seen on this earth. There was something about it. I went over to his drawer. And there was a fresh description of of, of blues, number 10s. How many know what that is? Values. Fresh. I looked around the room, police weren't there. I can take these, even though I'm full of the Holy Ghost to power, and I can take these, and I can take them home, and I can take one or two a day, I'd be all right. But I felt at it. If I do that, I'm throwing everything away that I've ever learned in preach. I'm endangering my relationship with my wife and my children. You see, pills try to get at me. But I'm delivered. I'm free. I know that I'm free. You see, what I'm saying to you is sometimes the enemy gets into our life and tries to bring us back in where we were. And says to us, come on, you can now, you've been in church a long time, let's just go walk over on the dark side. I've got you, don't worry, it's all right, don't worry, I've got you. But what we have to do is we have to push it. Push me, push me like you mean it. you got to push me, push me, push me away. Amen. Amen. That's it. Then get out. Amen. I threw those pills back in the door and I closed it up. And the policeman walked in and I said, there's some pills in the drawer there. Amen. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't tell you things about myself, but I think if I was in your place and somebody was preaching to me and I knew, it, I want somebody preaching to me that they know what it is. They know what it is. Let me close on this scripture. Second Chronicles 7.14 If my people if you're saved, you're a my people. Who are called by my name. Will humble themselves. That story was humiliating to me. It was humbling me. I've been clean 48 years. But the enemy tries to sneak in every once in a while he can't get it as long as I pray as long as I study the word and as long as I preach the gospel he can't get in. if I get lazy on any of those there's a crack that can come in am I ministering to anybody today can, can you help me here a little bit humble themselves that's was humbling to me I had to humble myself and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land oh America please pray oh uncles please pray I believe something. I believe this, and I'm going to close. I mean it. I believe this. I believe that God has sent Kathy and I here. I believe this is the church that is going to be a lighthouse to all of San Francisco. I believe a revival is going to break out, and I believe that we're going to see hundreds of thousands of souls saved in San Francisco. And I believe this is the location that God has chosen. Wow. Because we're all a bunch of misfits, and God works with misfits better than he does with fits. Amen. Amen. And if you're not a misfit, hang out, you'll become one if you hang out (laughs) with (laughs) one. Listen to what C.H. Spurgeon said. Prayer can never be in excess. It can never be too much. In other words, it's always, always good any time of the day to pray. I call out your names in prayer every day. God will bless you. Heal you. Strengthen fill you, bless you, encourage you. And I hurt when you're not here. Robert, when you've been gone for a few weeks, I hurt. Not that you purposely hurt me, but I'm a pastor. I hurt when I don't know where you're at and how you're doing. Because I love you. Juan, when you're not here, sometimes I'm like freaking out. Where's Juan? Every one of you, I can call your name. I'm telling you, I heard when you guys just walked in this morning, I was hurting, but all of a sudden, when you walked in, my, my heart went, Woo! Right. I'm a pastor. When my brother left for a couple weeks, two or three weeks, when, I, when he came back in, I was so happy. Yeah. I'm so happy when he comes in, I get him his coffee and give him a cookie because I love him so much. I go through the list. You get the point. That's what God does with us when we're not around. His heart breaks. His heart breaks when we're not around. But when we come back here. He sees us walking towards him. There's a heavenly song that he sings. There's praise that goes out from heaven because we're walking back towards him and he's so, so pleased that we're coming into fellowship with him. I believe this is the place. I believe it. And you're the crew. (laughs) Amen. Would you pray with me today? Thank you for putting up with me today.